We have a misconception about content. We have the same one about life. Let me explain. We believe in life, we have to craft perfect experiences for meaningful connections. This might look like cleaning the whole house before somebody comes over, ensuring that we have a full schedule for vacation, or even making sure the dinner date has all of the right things in, p in place and that nothing goes wrong. We believe we can create positive outcomes solely by being well-intentioned and planned. And you are right to think that. But then again, think of all the energy and time that goes into doing that. So while you can't avoid an anniversary dinner being somewhat well-planned and scripted, we need to have less and fewer of those in more unscripted moments that actually lead to, in my experience, ironically, more perfect moments. Essentially, have fewer expectations, damn it. Because the truth is, I don't care how clean your home is to have a meaningful time with you. Now back to content, we have the same belief about content. To add value, quotation marks, we need to spend significant time and energy on it and have it be, quotation marks, exceptional. If we don't, our audience won't find value in it and that content will waste their time if it doesn't have all of that effort and energy into it. And while there is truth in that, spending time on highly produced content rewards your audience and respects them. But there is also truth in this, your audience is human and they can get value from imperfect, aka human content. Meaningful connections and progress do not always come from crafted moments. Sometimes we can actually ruin the potential for progress by thinking that progress only comes from polished moments. It's like the person who needs the right environment to write well. Just write. Now back to the focus of this episode, to avoid running out of energy with your content creation, you need to overcome this misconception and have the belief that content can be good both as high quality and also as low quality, or as I should say, lo-fi content. Because as I talk about, lo-fi content does not mean it sounds crappy or the video shaky or whichever. So before I share what lo-fi content is and isn't and how to do it, Let's start the show. Welcome to On Marketing, a show where we explore marketing's first principles, mental models, and my favorite contrarian takes. My aim is not to tell you what to think, it's assisting you in improving how you think about marketing and life. It's February 11th, 2024. I'm Jordan Ogren, a marketing strategist by day and a podcast host by night. In today's episode, I cover what lo-fi content is and isn't, how to balance this through the paid, earned, shared, and owned model, what lo-fi content looks like as different types of content, and how you can use it in different channels. Ready to get in? Before we do, make sure to subscribe to the newsletter where I share extra insights on these episodes and other micro-essays I'm writing every Friday morning. The link to join is in the first line of the show notes. I'd be so grateful if you could do that. Also, a reminder that if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also listen to this as a podcast. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, you can go to YouTube and see my beautiful mug. Do whatever works best for you, but they are there for you. And finally, this is for the legal team. Opinions shared in this podcast are individual views of the host and guests, not representing their employers or associate organizations. This content is intended for informational purposes and should not be considered professional marketing guidance. Listeners act on the information provided at their own risk. I'll see you on the other side. Lo-fi content is synonymous with being more human, which in the opening, that's kind of how I tied it, that as humans, your audience, we can, we can take away human content. We can still get things from content that isn't highly polished. 
That means that lo-fi content is authentic. And again, as I just mentioned, it's not highly polished. It hasn't spent hours and days and weeks trying to get it to look or feel a certain way. So the definition of lo-fi outside of content, maybe somebody might think of music as being that as it's a big popular uh, type of music on YouTube. It just means to have a rough quality, a rough quality and not musically smooth and refined. So lo-fi music, as I just mentioned, one of the more popular genres out there because people connect with the rawness and realness. And I think that's the same for our content. It's okay for some of our content to be less produced. Now, before I go deeper into what it is, let's talk about what lo-fi content isn't. It is not lazy or sporadic content that wastes your audience's time. Hey, a quick video here about a topic that just came into my mind that it could be a fleeting topic and you won't care about it in a week. That is not what I'm talking about. Spammy, unrelated, or unhelpful content, aka kind of like the first, just creating content for content's sake. That is not lo-fi content. And also, finally, technical issues like poor audio or video that is shaking hard to watch. I believe this podcast that I'm doing, as much as I put time and energy behind it, it's very lo-fi within terms to audio. It's not a highly produced, narrated show where I come in and out and I have the, the interview being stitched together. It's just pretty straightforward, pretty raw, real. So that's one way to think about it is it doesn't have to be bad to be lo-fi. Hopefully you didn't just hear my stomach there. I'm, I'm a little bit hungry. What I mean when I'm talking about lo-fi content is well, out con- well thought out content, yet just a little underproduced. Another example of that aside from my podcast is a selfie recording instead of a highly produced video, getting your founder on a selfie of just talking about a new launch or a new event or a weekly podcast like this where you riff on topics and take questions from the audience where it's very unscripted and it just feels raw. And this content is valuable because it's relatable and authentic versus polished and refined. You get the real version of someone or a company versus a highly crafted image, which is needed. Your website's a prime example where you want to have a real nice video maybe explaining something, but in social and some of these other channels, which I'll get to later, lo-fi video or lo-fi content is really ripe. It does well there. Now, why is this important for you? One of the reasons is because this type of content is not being done by all companies and individuals. It means it's a blue ocean for you and me to take advantage of. Many people think to do a video To do content, it needs to be really polished. It needs to have 17 edits, 17 people cooking in the kitchen, right? That's just not true. Not only that, it's a blue ocean. It's also a great way to supplement high-quality content with consistent lo-fi, quickly produced content. By balancing lo-fi and hi-fi content, you become efficient with your resources meaning you can sustain your effect, your marketing for longer and you get better results because you're balancing both these polished and these long form pieces that take a while to create with these other spur of the moments talking about a current event or whichever and it just makes your content efforts go further. Now to understand how to implement this concept, here's a four pronged approach using the peso, paid, earned, shared, owned and then channels, which will be after, and then finally content types. So let's jump into the peso approach to lo-fi content. Don't get mad, but I'm going to go out of order as I explain these, but we will start first with paid media. Paid should almost always be highly produced. If you're gonna be putting money, a budget behind it, you want the content to be top of the line. Also, by investing more time and money into paid ads, you can nail that first impression. 
because with paid ads, you're gonna be sometimes the first time someone's heard of you. You want that to be good. You don't want it to be some handheld video or whichever where the impression isn't, hey, I wanna work with them or hey, I wanna hire them. It's more like they really paid to boost that or they really paid to have that as an ad. So that is really where I believe hi-fi content really does well is with paid media. If you have a scrappy marketing team who is testing different creative ads though and switching them out, it could be good to supplement some of your higher quality paid ads with lo-fi content. But sometimes that lo-fi content, if you really start to think about it to make it look good enough, does take about or close to some of the same amount of time. So if it looks lo-fi, it's usually done, it's done designed that way. An example would be a, a testimonial from a customer just on their phone or something. Now, obviously that is probably not gonna be super hi-fi, but it won't be like super shaky or whichever. You'll make sure that that individual does it in a way that it's still appeasing to the eyes and ears. And I think this is really right for customer testimonials because it just feels more authentic and real than when someone's sitting, beautiful backdrop or whatever, talking about a product, you're just, your bullshit meter's already on. Where if it's just a selfie, hey, I bought this product last week, or another um, unique way of doing that is a phone recording, a voicemail from someone kind of talking about a product. It's, it was a unique way. I never thought of it till I heard it in an ad on social, but it's just like, hey, you know, you, you need to check out this product. I've been having trouble sleeping, but I've been able to sleep the last four nights. You give me a call when you can, something like that. And obviously it could be staged or scripted, so it is kind of getting away, but it is just lo-fi in the sense that it isn't highly produced. It's a recording or maybe you, again, you create a recording that isn't actually a voicemail. So it does take a little bit of time to recreate that scratchy feel. But again, paid media is a great place to do that. And if you're gonna amplify customer testimonials or some of those things, lo-fi content does kind of become more of a player, but really hi-fi for paid media. I believe owned media, the next is where lo-fi content shines. Because owned content is something that you're posting on your own social media. It's gonna be things you're doing more repeatedly and that's where lo-fi really stands out. It allows you to go quicker and maybe touch on topics that you couldn't in, in hi-fi because it takes longer to do. So maybe something just came up in the news and you can do a lo-fi selfie video talking about that. Now an example where owned media should be hi-fi is if you're using paid content to push to an organic piece of media, piece of content. Let's think of a guide. You might want that guide to not be lo-fi in the sense that you don't put a ton of time into it. You might want that guide if there's paid dollars pushing people to it. You might want to spend tons of time on it, have a graphic designer bring in different types of visuals and graphics to that and really expand by getting expert insights that could take up to six months to make. But with purely owned, like Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, using lo-fi videos or lo-fi content is really, really great. An example of a newsletter would be just a simple letter that's written from a founder. Yeah, it gets edited once or twice, but it's very quick to ship. The ideas are endless for lo-fi organic content, really making this one of the best places to start and to long-term invest in lo-fi content. Now, shared media gets a little bit weird. It's where your audience shares your content or media on social media. That's a lot of media. While you can't technically use lo-fi in this context because it's people sharing your content, you can increase the potential for it by doing more lo-fi owned media. When you share lo-fi content, it has a higher chance of resonating with your audience because it's authentic and relatable, creating trust and connection, resulting in people wanting to share more of it. This is also called 
user-generated content, when others start to share their own lo-fi videos or whatever content about your product, your service. So by creating lo-fi content that is in response to current events or trends, you can then allow your brand to stay more relevant to, again, increase the shareability, the amount of people willing to share your content versus some highly produced video. Yes, that might get shared, but that, that new video on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, that's right when things started to come out about that, may just do better because it's very on time and that can create more shareability. So while you don't control shared media, I think it is a place that you wanna think about with lo-fi because the more you do it, the more your audience, your users will feel comfortable creating their own content or just sharing that content. Earned media is a bit similar to shared in the sense that it's other media outlets or brands posting about you. So think of like PR or some of these other ways. Now, when you're regularly sharing lo-fi content, you present your brand, again, as more authentic and trustworthy, which I believe is crucial for earned media in today's time. Anybody can write a really one-sided or very kind of crafted press release, but being able to create content in a way that is just genuine, authentic, raw, that could, get, that could have a higher potential to being picked up by media channels as it just shows more of who you are. So in, again, going back to that customer testimonial video or just te customer testimonials video is an easy way to think about it. It's far more pers persuasive than a highly produced advertisement. So that can then get picked up even by media, even if it's essentially a promotion of your product or service through a testimonial, but because it's because maybe it's a campaign or whatever, it picks up the interest of media outlets. Again, using lo-fi content is great for current events, which is a lot of earned media. A lot of news stories are about current things going on. So by being quick to create that lo-fi content, you can join the conversation, you can be a part of it, and it doesn't feel like you're pitchy or anything like that because it's not overly scripted. It's just lo-fi, it's raw, it's real, and then that hopefully will be picked up more by media channels. So those last two, earned and shared, are a little bit hazy, but just to reiterate, Paid media is where hi-fi content does really well, and owned media is where lo-fi content really can shine. Now, let's explore what lo-fi content actually looks like. There are only three forms of content, written word, video, audio. I'll walk through each of these, sharing how you can implement lo-fi content for that content type. The first is a written word, and this is a bit hard to visualize. I think the key term here is human. The human component of lo-fi comes into play. So rather than spending tons of time editing a newsletter or having tons of different people add to it, just write it, send it through Grammarly and AI editing tool one time, and then ship it, post it, put the article up, and you can always come back and edit it later on. I think social content is a really great place for written word lo-fi because you can kind of throw something out there, get some ideas, and then use your longer form essays, articles as a place where you want to labor over the structure and the word choice, and that is your hi-fi content. Even though those long form articles do have a better product than the lo-fi, some of the best ideas I've had are developed through social engagement. So you kind of need both in your writing. You need those hi-fi, long articles, guides, essays, but you also need that lo-fi to kind of throw ideas off. I've seen that used with Twitter X now where people will use that platform just to get a seed idea validated or not rather than spending tons of time writing it and nobody wanted it. So that's the written word. 
Video content is the most ripe for lo-fi content. I believe every company needs to experiment with lo-fi video content. It's one of the easiest places to do it, and it starts to get your people, your executive staff, or whoever on video in a very personal, raw, and relatable way. An example of this is just a quick iPhone-style video that delivers value to your audience or talking about a thought you've had. A hi-fi video, in contrast, would be shot on multiple cameras, like a Sony a7 that costs 2,000 plus with lights and would likely require outside help. Where if you empower your executive team or somebody on your team to do these, they can just do it by themselves. If they have a thought on a Friday afternoon, they can do it versus needing you to come in and set up all of it. Now again, you need those. And I think like your website and other places are great for it. So why should you invest in lo-fi content? Unlike writing, I believe you can solely do lo-fi content and succeed. What I mean by this is sure on your website or other places you need hi-fi content, but I don't think on social you need hi-fi videos. Hi-fi is good, but it's not needed for marketing success. So that's why video I think is a great place to start to experiment because you could catch a rhythm and you could succeed solely doing these lo-fi videos. Finally, it's audio content, which is another trickier one to visualize as lo-fi content. Let me begin with hi-fi to give you the contrast. A podcast with multiple segments, music, and a detailed script, or even a narrated show that provides long-form storytelling. That is hi-fi. It takes tons of time. It's heavily crafted, edited after. Now, a lo-fi example would be a podcast recorded with Riverside FM like I'm doing right now, or recording with a DJI wireless mic. So again, though, remember with audio content, it needs to be good enough. It can't be recording on your phone and it just sucks to listen to. Now, someone might argue that is lo-fi, but again, I think you need that DJI wireless. You need something that's able to pick up the audio at a highest, higher quality, but not spending tons and tons of hours laboring over the script or whichever. With audio content, I really recommend starting with lo-fi first, and sometimes most people won't ever get to hi-fi, because really investing in that highly produced audio content isn't always worthwhile for a lot of companies. If you're a PBS or an NPR or whatever, they've done really well with the high, hi-fi audio content, but again, they're, they're the anomaly. So you need good sound, great content, but that's really it. Now, I wanna discuss a few channels and how you might post lo-fi content on those channels. Let's start with YouTube, kind of building off where lo-fi content does best with the video format. Now with YouTube, I believe success demands a superb production level. Look at Mr. Beast, look at a lot of these podcasts that are on there and they have really high production value. This means even if you're going for a lo-fi vibe, you'll likely still need a significant amount of time of production, video editing and all that. So one area that could be different is vlogs. I see vlogs as an exception where you could just do the selfie recording or whichever, but then again, you're gonna usually use a high quality camera and you're gonna spend hours editing. So that's kind of a tough one. I really think YouTube succeeds with hi-fi content, but maybe as reels or whichever, you can use a little bit lower fi to succeed. Instagram is the next channel. This really began as a platform that just only did hi-fi photos and videos, right? It was always about being perfect, using the filters, highly edited, overproduced. I believe, I'm not on it that much, so don't take my word for it, but I believe it's kind of shifting more towards realness and authenticity as we are as a society. Fewer filters, more humanness involved, 
which makes reels and photos an excellent place to begin slowly experimenting with lo-fi content. But in the end, I still think polished wins on Instagram. So balance them well. I can't say go only on lo-fi for Instagram if you want to succeed, but I think it's worth kind of, again, going back to that point, supplementing both. So having some hi-fi photos, some hi-fi videos, but also having some lo-fi content to to be in those middle points where you're recording or working on the hi-fi content. Twitter or X and threads, I believe, is where lo-fi text content was founded. These channels are really good for testing content ideas by throwing a post, a X, a tweet, a thread out there that isn't highly polished, but it just has something valuable in it to see if people gravitate or not to that. I don't think you need video or visual graphics to succeed on these platforms, which really makes the barrier lower which is then a great place to experiment with lo-fi content. And then if it, if it starts to do well, maybe add some hi-fi. I used to see this on Twitter a lot is these extremely long threads that probably, no pun intended, took tons of time to create. So maybe you do one of those a week and the rest of your content is lo-fi. Finally, there's other platforms I know I'm missing, but finally LinkedIn, which is my favorite platform. This is a great place for lo-fi content of all kinds, doing a selfie style video, doing a lo-fi text that you just throw out there content that you want to get people's opinions on, engage with it, learn more about your audience through it. I really believe as LinkedIn continually grows, unlike Instagram, I think it will just be more of that personal, authentic, and raw content that thrives. So I think LinkedIn's a great place to begin experimenting and implementing lo-fi text, video, probably not audio, but definitely text and video. Here are our final thoughts on lo-fi content. Look at your marketing content. How polished is it? How many edits does your content go through before you ship it? Do you currently have any lo-fi content? If your answer is no to that, my first step for you is not to start creating lo-fi content. It's to change and update your mindset. Because if you already haven't done this, if you haven't put lo-fi content out, you likely have that misconception I opened today's show with. You think that content needs to be highly polished, highly produced to bring value. I have a message for you. Lower your damn standards. Lo-fi content, as I've spent the last 20 or so minutes talking about, can do well when done right. So if you don't have a lot of lo-fi content, if you have no lo-fi content, start with that peso model. Probably start with the owned content. Think about a channel that you're currently marketing on and then pick a content type and then go all in with doing one, two, three of these a week and start to experiment with it. Start small, begin experimenting, and eventually you'll start to realize, hey, this lo-fi content can really supplement the hi-fi content that we're doing and it just helps each of them. Lo-fi helps hi-fi and hi-fi helps lo-fi just do better than if you only did one. Show up, be yourself, be your brand, and sooner or later, I believe the results will follow with lo-fi content. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback on this, please share it in the comments. Email me, which is in the show notes, because this is something that I think is on the rise. I originally got this idea from a Sprout Social Instagram video where it was a lo-fi video, someone talking about this concept, and clearly it resonated because here I am recording a stinking podcast about it. So thank you again for listening, and if you have any thoughts on this to continually develop my thoughts on this as I'm still writing and tinkering about this, please share because that's what this podcast is for. It's to help us all think better about marketing and life.
And thank you for listening. And this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for making it to the end. It means the world to me that you watch or you listen to this episode. And hopefully you're walking away with new insights to improve how you think about marketing and life and help you make progress on what matters to you. But one thing before you go, if you could subscribe wherever you're listening to this or watching, that would really help out both you getting the episodes right when they come out and raising this podcast in the ranking. So hopefully more people like you can listen to this. And if there's anything that I can do to make this podcast more beneficial for you, if it's somebody you think I should interview, if you're the person, please comment, please email me. It's in the show notes so we can just continually deliver more value to you, the listener. Again, thank you for watching and have a great rest of your day, evening, week, and hope to see you here next time.